Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 40 of A View to a Cocker Ranger. 40, Dave. 40 episodes 40. of this show that we have done. Third season, 40 episodes. Bananas. Dude, that always, for some reason, like 39, because this happens to me every year. 39 is like, oh, wow, we're really getting into, and then when we hit 40, which is literally like one episode later, it hits me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, 40, that means there's only... 10 episodes left, which actually means there's two and a half months left. Yeah, 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 but, yeah, yeah. But still, it feel, it definitely does feel like turning a corner. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, this is episode 40 of Video Cocker Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger. As previously discussed, every week we watch an episode of the show. We share our thoughts <laughs> with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me, as always, is my co-host and brother, Dave. Dave, how you doing today, bud? I am... I'm pretty well. I'm pretty well. I had a pretty good day. A long day, but a good day. Nice, nice, beautiful day. Yeah, gorgeous. It does not get much better here in Cleveland, Ohio. I know we said it last week, but it's only been like two days since we recorded last, and so the weather is still pretty much the same. <laughs> uh, Dave... Today we are watching the aforementioned episode 40 of Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger, the Heisei Fox Battle. Did I pronounce that wrong? Probably. Are we going to go Probably. forward with it anyway? Sure. There's really nothing I can do about it at this point. Uh, but before we get into that Dave shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So, Matt, our first star of the week is Baby Watch. <laughs> We interrupt your regular broadcast of the Super Sentai Brothers to bring you a breaking news update. Baby Watch. So, uh, Baby Watch this week, Matt, is that I'm just, I'm alone with the babies because uh, Beth is in Texas helping watch our nieces and... Producer Mark's wife, Holly, was in town helping out for a little bit, but she had to go home. And those babies did not nap all day. Oh. And they took, yeah, they took like a solid hour and a half to go to bed. And uh, Beth isn't getting home for another day and a half. And I might die. So let's just, let's just watch Cocker Ranger, man. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I love you guys, but I'm pretty tapped out. Okay. Well, in that case... We're going to take a break. <laughs> We're watching episode 40, and we will be right back. Ninja, ninja. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 40 of Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. Um, it's, I, you know, I really like it. I really like this episode, and I like the monster for similar reasons that I liked last week's monster. But we'll get into that, of course, later in the episode. Uh, starting off, we... Open our scene on a there's like a like a dojo of sorts. Would you call that a dojo? Yeah, uh, man, I'm not totally sure. It is some sort of fancy, oldie timey looking building. It is either a, it could be yeah, it could be a dojo, like it could be any number of things. It could be a shrine. 
could be a shrine, could be a temple. I don't know. It's like it's old and Japanese and like cool looking. It could it's, literally be the same one that they've gone to six times this season. Like, I don't know why it's never occurred to me that when they go up into the mountains to go visit a building that looks like that, it might always be the same one. And I don't think that it is every time. But I'm like, I would not be surprised if I had already seen four episodes of this show that took place at this same site. Listen, man, uh, if running theater has taught me anything is that it's you do your best to acquire like a stock of things that you can use and reuse and reuse. And like, we love these shows, but these shows are produced on what I can only imagine is a pretty tight budget. Well, pretty, so if you've got like, yeah. if you've got a good location, you probably use it. The, I mean, yeah. half the show is shot in a quarry, so... Because the thing is, it's not just a tight budget. I, it's a really tight schedule, right? Because they don't have a lot of time. They've got to make a new episode of this show pretty much every week. Yeah, do you actually... This is a good question. Do you know how far they work ahead? Like, are they already, you know, maybe like halfway into the next year's season by the time they start airing the previous year's? Like, or is it literally just like they are a week ahead at any given time? I feel like they've got to be farther no, ahead. No, I, I, I assume that what is probably happening is that like halfway through the airing of one season, they start the prep work on season two and like writing and designing costumes and all that stuff. They probably have like two teams that work like back and forth, you know? Oh, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I think I have heard that before, although I might be conflating that with how Power Rangers is run these days. But then again, power, like modern day Power Rangers is basically, like not exactly, because I know they messed up uh, Megaforce a lot, but um, was it Megaforce? Whichever one they uh, pulled out of Gokaiger. They messed that one up pretty bad. I don't know off um, the top of my head. Anyway, uh, those are more or less direct adaptations now. So it's not like the Power Rangers of old. So they oh, probably no operate a lot similarly. In fact, I think they that, film that a lot of it at the same time as the Sentai. Like, they both go to New Zealand and film all the stuff. Huh. Wow. Well, that's kind of cool, actually, that they exist. This has nothing to do with this episode, which we should actually probably start talking about. At some point, yeah. I mean, you did it's... say you were very tired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, where does this episode... Oh, yeah. So, they're up in this... this shrine dojo thing and it's a Tsuruhime and there's a little girl and we see this fox statue and Tsuruhime and the little girl are are fighting not like fighting fighting they're training fighting yeah Tsuruhime is training this little girl um yeah I have in my notes we never actually because we get her name eventually but originally I was just calling her karate kid but not like that Mm. karate kid but also not the other karate kid because even though it's a girl it's definitely not young Hillary Swank which is probably for the best it is also not Kung Fu Kid, which is what that Jaden Smith movie should have been called. I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before. I'm almost certain we have. I, I feel like it's I must have. Uh, so anyways, so there is a fox statue there evil in front statue. of this. Well, we don't know. It's just a fox well, statue okay. at first. You and, and then I know that and then the eyes glow. Statue. And the way right. that we know the- it's an evil fox statue, I mean, the eyes do glow. But before that, you know it's an evil statue because it's obviously a prop statue. Like, it's not a statue that was already there. Like, this is something that was made for the show. And when they do that, you can be pretty sure that it's going to be evil. It's definitely styrofoam, and it is definitely not an actual fox statue. Although, I mean, okay, it is though, right? I mean, it is a fox statue. It's a bad one. It's a bad one made out of styrofoam, but 
Oh, I well. Mean, they made a fox okay. statue. Yeah, that is, it is technically, a, it is a fox statue, that's true. Um, it's not an official fox? I don't know, man. So, the, stat, the eyes on this stupid statue glow. This eyes glow, and it turns around, and it, like, looks at them, and they're done training for the day, which is great. And uh, it just said, I, I don't know, we don't know who this kid is. It's They don't introduce her. She's just training with Suruhime. And it turns out she's got a brother, and that brother is missing. His name is Shinichi. And she's surprisingly chill about this. Yeah, astonishingly. Surihime just is like, oh, hey, so is your brother still missing? And she's like, yeah, I'm going to find him, though. Don't worry about it. Like, Like, It's it's definitely all good, but my little brother. And by the way, this girl is maybe 10, so her little brother is probably 8 max. So, yeah, they're super chill about it, and uh, and then they just leave. They leave. That's fine. So yeah. we've got kind of the frame story. There's this girl, and she's learning martial arts from Surahime, and her brother's missing. So the fox statue, the eyes glow again, and then, like, we get, like, an animated waving tail, and it turns into, obviously, a nine-tailed fox demon. Uh, my only problem with this is I definitely only counted six tails. Like, I paused... And I looked again, and there were four tails coming out the back, and then there were, like, two that maybe could have been tails that seemed to be wrapped around her. But that's still only six. She's wearing, like, some as a scarf, I think, and then some are kind of, like, tucked back behind her legs. But, like, the Yeah, I don't know. Like, throughout the episode, the number of tails will shift based on the scene. So, Like, based on how active she needs to be in the scene. (laughs) <laughs> she drops or gains tails. So the next scene is, we see this little, oh, Sakuruku is is this girl's, Sakurako. Yeah, Sakurako. Sorry. Sakurako is this girl, yeah, is this girl's, little girl's oh, name. Oh, by the way. And we see her. We, before we move on from the, uh, the statue turning into the nine-tailed Kitsune, um, can we describe her look for a second? Yeah. Because she is so... definitely, like, her fox, like, face mask is actually very, like, cool. It's got a good style to it. It's very well sculpted. Yeah. And then the rest of her, she's wearing like a weird, like one piece leather bathing suit, she's, but with like thigh highs and then long gloves as well. And she's kind of dressed like old school, like Emma Frost White Queen. Oh, yeah. Like original flavor White Queen. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But it's like a one piece rather than like a corset and like a bikini. But yes, that's a pretty accurate thing. I think that Dave, perhaps she is meant to appear to be foxy. Well, this has been the the Super Sentai Brothers, and we will see you next week. We'll see you next week. (laughs) For the greatest show. Because this episode is over for the greatest show on earth. Um, So we see see this little girl walking home, and first of all, she's amazing because she's just sort of like rolling around with this spear. Like, Surahime did not take the spear thing with her. This is just the little girl's spear sword and she's taking it home. So she's just rolling home with the spear sword. And she hears this sort of howling, like yippee howling. It's a very weird sound. It sounds like a wolf swallowed an owl and the owl is calling out from inside the wolf while the wolf is howling. Yeah, but it's a person making the noise, and so it actually is sort of creepy. Yes. The other thing it sounds like, like is when anytime everyone ever does a chop in the WWE and everyone does the Ric Flair woo all at the same time, like that is the sound it, you're kind of hearing here. Yeah, but less energetic. 
Like, how to say, in the con- just in the TV show, it's sort of like, oh, that's a weird noise that they're making. But if I were... If I were sitting in this room recording, Matt, and I listened out the window and I just saw someone walking down the street and they were just making this noise, because the point is they don't make, the, the thing is they don't make the noise just once. They just kind of keep making it. If a dude was just walking down the street making this noise, I would straight call the police. Oh, yeah. No, it's not. That's not anything that you want to be part of your scene whatsoever. So what we see is that she, and uh, Sakuruku, Sakuraku, Sak- Sakuraku, Sakuraku. Sakurako, that sounds, anyways, uh, that sounds like an alcohol of some sort. Anyways, so she sort of like creeps around and she sort of is trying to figure out what's going on. And what it is, is that it's Doradoras with kitsune masks. And kitsune, and then we see the actual kitsune herself, like the nine-tailed fox demon. And she's always doing this weird little dance. And I'm having trouble trying to figure out how to describe it. She's sort of hopping back and forth from one foot to another and her hands are sort of like held out like claws but not like mean claws she's kind of like sexy claws she's kind of doing like the bangles walk like an egyptian a little bit but both hands are up and supposed to like one up and one back yeah but she's sort of alternating which hand is up and she's making this little noise and then Sakuraku sees Sakurako sees the kitsune and that's kind of it she's like huh nine-tailed fox that's super weird and she bolts so from there we go to Nekamaru and we find out that it's not just Shinichi that has been kidnapped like a number of kids have been kidnapped yeah because when Tsurihime returns she checks in with Sasuke or I'm sorry with uh Saizo and it's like hey Saizo what's the news and Saizo's like well the news is that more children are kidnapped so I guess we should probably do something about this yeah and then Sasuke he says yeah I heard it was guys in fox masks just dudes in masks right which again he is like If he had said definitively, yes, I think it was the work of yokai, and he was, like, sort of chill about it, it would make a lot more sense because that's the universe that they live in. Like, oh, there is a problem. It's probably yokai. He just says, yeah, I think I just heard it was guys in fox masks. That's way weirder. Yes, it is. If it's literally just people in fox masks kidnapping children like that's very strange but i do like the fact that the kaka rangers are like well you know whether or not it is yokai children are being kidnapped so we should probably go hunt down whoever these dudes are and just like use our ninja magic on them until they stop right like we're still gonna deal with it but as he's saying this we the audience get like an overlay of what are clearly dorodoros in fox masks kidnapping children so yeah we i don't know if this is a piece like of... a flashback that sasuke was not there for but heard about and is describing maybe but he says it's just guys and it's clearly Dorodoro. so i think maybe this is just supposed to be dramatic irony we the audience know what's happening if even if the rangers don't i believe uh, that but that we find case, out yeah is that the kids are they were kidnapped and that they were held for ransom but even when the ransom money was delivered, the kids were not returned. Right, which the Kaku Rangers are furious about. Like, they were already mad about the kidnapping, but the fact that the kidnappers did not operate in good faith is, like, 
that is what pushes it over the edge. Somehow even worse. So Sakuraku arrives and uh, she's like, oh my gosh, Tsuruhime, I saw like a nine-tailed fox. Like, this is crazy. You've got to come with me. So Tsuruhime goes with her. They go and they're sort of hiding and they see who it is. And Tsuruhime says, obviously, like she recognizes it. She says, oh, oh my gosh, this is really bad. That's the yokai nine-tailed fox demon originally from China or India, which is what they said, which I didn't know, but cool. Yeah. And uh, she just did all sorts of evil stuff there. Like she and now she's in the city. Right. And now she's in the city doing evil again. And Tsuruhime concludes, like, that's probably who, like, that's probably who took Shinichi, which, like, obviously. Right. And then Sakurako is like, oh, well, let's go find her and I will help you, like, defeat this evil and, like, she holds up her, like, wooden staff and is like, yeah, let's go do this thing. I've been training, right? Let's go use my new training to go, like, punch this magical demon in the mouth. Tsuruhime, obviously, bursting with pride, still says, no, it's too dangerous. Like, you, like, you gotta be, like, I'll take care of it. You stay here. And she says, yeah, but no, I really do want to help. And you taught me to use the spear sword. Like, I'm going to help. And Tsunuhi says, no, 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 seriously, you can't. But you're so brave. I'm super impressed. Here's a present that I just happen to have on me. It's a hair clip. And so she just puts this hair clip in Sakuruku's hair. And as she's doing this, rain starts to fall. And they're like, oh, rain. We should, like, run and, like, get it under some cover. Like, this came out of nowhere. We need to go to stay dry. So they run and they get under some cover. And Tsuruhime is like, this is a very strange rain. And then she has a realization and says, this is a sun shower. And before they say what they're talking about, the scene changes. (laughs) <laughs> and you see all of the other four cocker rangers who are, had been around like trying to find these fox dudes uh, and they also got caught out in the rain and they all sort of meet up under like a bridge overpass thing and what does it change to it changes to the other four rangers experiencing the same thing they're also getting rained on but it's sunny and they're like oh it's a sun shower a fox must be getting married this, we, I just have to assume, is like some piece of Japanese folklore. And, like, I didn't... You know. And what I love about this is that Jiraiya... Because, like, Jiraiya is not from Japan, right? And so right. when they all say, like, oh, it's a sun shower, and when it's raining and the sun is out, that means a fox is getting married, Jiraiya's response is my response, which is, what? Huh? <laughs> yeah, she is also... She, yeah, Jiraiya is also very confused. Yeah, but and Sasuke is like, I, you know, no, no, like, no, like, this is obviously a sign. And also, here is a new piece of information that is given to us. Like, the children who have vanished, some of them ran away. And before they ran away, they all talked about going to see a fox's wedding. Yes. So, uh, we flip from there, and we see Sakurako running around by herself, I guess, and she sees a bunch of dudes in fox masks and they're carrying like a palanquin kind of. And there's like a lady fox who's going to, this is, it's like a wedding party. It's like a wedding procession. Yeah, These are like, these, they're all in these. These are still the Dorodoros, but they are, they no longer look like Dorodoros. They've still got the same fox masks, but now they have like 
like old school, like traditional, like Japanese robes on. Yeah, and they're stopping every couple of steps to all sort of turn to one side. Like everybody turns to one side and they all do like a little like hop up and they make that same like whoo noise. And they're all doing it in unison. And it's, again, it's weirdly creepy. Yes. But like not overtly sinister, but definitely creepy. Yeah, just creepy because it's very weird. Yeah, so we cut to um, the nine-tailed Kitsune, who is up right. in like the boardroom of this office building, watching this happen in like this crystal ball that she has. Well, it's not a crystal ball. It's one of those things from Spencer's Gifts, where like you put your hand on it, and like the electricity beam like comes and touches your fingers. Yes, yeah, yeah, those things are super cool. I don't totally know how they work, but I love them. Uh, it was also and... also the things that were used as the uh, control units, like in the cockpits of the um, Die Ranger Zords, not Zords, the, uh, you know, the magical chi beasts. Dude, it's it's been a couple of years. I do not remember all the proper yeah, names from that show. Yeah, it's been a minute. So... so she's watching and she's like, okay, so here's what I'm doing. And she's explaining the plan to zero people. I mean, for us, but there are no other people in the room. She's like, I know that kids love, like, folk tales and fairy tales and stuff. And all these kids right. obviously know this story. Because when a sun shower happens, a fox is getting married. So my plan is to, like, use their inherent love of these, like weird fairy stories to trick them into like running away with me and then I kidnap them. And it was at this moment that I right. realized like, Oh, cause you know how a lot of times you watch these shows and kids fall for stuff and you're like, kid, come on. How did you fall for that stupid, stupid kidnapping plot? Like this is clearly a monster who is coming to take you away. But in this one episode, I'm like, Oh yeah, they'd have got me. They would have 100% got me with this one. Like, Oh yeah. Preying yeah, on yeah, your yeah. love of fairy tales to like, trick you into watching like this cool thing where a fox is getting married like yes eight-year-old matt would have absolutely run into a field to go see that yeah without question well because see eight years old is just the right amount of time because if you get older than that you realize that you never go with whoever it is like never trust a fairy it's a terrible plan but eight years old you're still like no nah, i want to see that fox wedding though yeah yeah and uh, the best part is, is that she kind of calls the kids. She's like, these kids are so dumb. I can't believe they're falling for this, which is sort of amazing. And she has so, a little flashback to when she was tricking, um, what was the brother's name? Shinichi? Yeah, Shinichi. And by the way, what, what is interesting in this flashback, because it's the first time we see her like non-yokai form, like her human form. And her human form is a much older lady than her yokai form like appears to be. Which I think yeah. is a very interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. like character design note. I think it's very cool. Yeah. Okay. So we go from there. We see the wedding procession. We're like, we're back to the wedding procession. And it Tsuruhime is there now. She's sort of like run up and she's with Sakurako seeing this whole thing. No, no, no. So Saku, then, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. But uh, what, what happens is Sakurako, and I really, I, I only remember this because I wrote it down because I really liked it. She does not get suckered in by this. She's like, oh, I remember my brother was saying something about a fox's wedding. This is clearly like an evil thing that is kidnapping children. I need to leave. 
to and like go find help. And like she runs to go get Surahime and bring her back. But, oh, okay. You know clever, what? I especially because like in that last scene, Kitsune was like, "Aha! These stupid kids! I get them every time." But this little kid <laughs> is a very good kid. Um, no, I must have missed that. So, hey, what we listen, see you, is uh, it's... We, we we have gone over the fact that you have been having a day. I will forgive you missing some of the finer details of this episode of Kaku Ranger. So it's Surihime and Sakurako, and they are seeing this wedding procession going by. And what we see, they have, they miss it, is that the the wedding procession kind of goes down and they turn into this tunnel, and then as soon as they get in there, they disappear. And Tsuruhime and Sakurako follow, and then they get in there, and obviously there's nothing there. They're sort of like, weird it out, they're trying to figure out what's going on. And then they see glowing eyes, glowing eyes in the dark, but they're not Dorodoro eyes. Dorodoros, by the way, just have like weird bubble eyes, like weird black empty space eyes, but they're all different shapes. They sort of look like, if you've ever seen, oh crud, Spirited Away, no. Princess Mononoke, sorry. Have you ever seen Princess Mononoke, like the little tree spirits with like the weird faces? That's kind of what they look yeah, like. Yeah, sort of. And they also have like like other copies of those faces like in other places on their bodies. Yes. Um, but these are not those eyes. These are very definitely like the red sort of like swept up pointed eyes from the Kitsune masks, but like giant and right. glowing in the darkness. So they flash, and you hear that same, like, yipping sound again. And all of a sudden, the Dorodoros reappear wearing the Kitsune masks. And now they are fighting Tsurihime and Sakurako. And when I say they're fighting yes. both of them, because Sakurako still has that stick. And she is absolutely fighting these Dorodoros, because this kid is amazing. Yeah, that was one of the best moments of this whole thing, is that Tsurihime is wrecking these Dorodoros, and so is Sakurako. Yeah, ultimately, Sakurako gets grabbed, and, like, a Dorodoro runs away with her, which makes sense. Like, she is a little, she is a rad little kid, but, like, by this point, Tsurihime has, like, super hangate and is shooting people with, like, her magic ninja laser gun, and Sakurako had a stick. So, eventually, Sakurako yeah. does get grabbed. Right. So she gets got, and they kind of run away with her. Right as this is happening, the other rangers arrive. They say, Surihime, like, we've got this. You go chase Sakuraka. Like, you go rescue her. But at this point, she's already gone. So the next scene is just Surihime running around trying to find Sakuraka. And she kind of comes around a corner and looks down like a set of open stairs and she sees Sakurako lying on the ground, unconscious. She's like, oh my gosh, oh no, what has happened? Let me go check this out. So she runs down and like is trying to wake Sakurako up. Right. And then from under Sakurako's like unconscious slash lifeless body, a big foxtail comes out and like swings around and wraps around Surihime. And Sakurako, that isn't Sakurako. Like... Katsune is still a trickster spirit, and she has made herself look like Sakurako to, like, draw her Tsurihime in, and now she has trapped her. Yeah. Uh, so that was a pretty... Oh, and she knocks her out in the creepiest way possible by putting a Kitsune mask on her, and then she just, like, stops moving and falls over. Oh, yeah, that was also... That was very weird. So we see uh, then Sakurako is 
because she has been captured by the Doradoros and they have put her in a room with all of the other kidnapped children. Yes. We flip from there to Daimo's evil house. And Daimo is actually super impressed. He says, wow, you managed to kidnap Tsuruhime. Um, great job. Kitsune says, yes, and I would like money as a reward. Daimo says, sure, fine. And so somebody, like Adoro, brings out a pile full of money. And then Kitsune looks at it and she says, wait, is this fake money? I think it's just leaves. And then sort of like an image, there's like a mirage image shift. And it is leaves. But then it turns back into money. And she says, well, it really looks like money, so good enough. So I'm not sure if Daimo is actually giving her money or if he is using a classic sort of fairy trick on Kitsune, but she doesn't care because she figures it'll trick everybody else too. Yeah, it's either that or Kitsune is looking at it and imagining what it would look like if it were leaves. Yeah, it's not really... Either way, like, one or both of them are willing to, like, swindle each other and or, like, the people at large with real or potentially fake money. It's, listen, somebody gets paid, she's very happy, Um, she loves money. If you remember from earlier, she got all that ransom money, but she did not give it up. Like, she did not give the kids up, she just needs to get more and more money. Yes, we will find out why later. And it's and then a there's very a good weird reason. little moment where Daimu is like, he's like, oh man, this is going to be so good. I'm going to kill Suruhime with my own hands. And then we get what is, I guess, Daimu's like little daydream. It's shot in black and white, and it is just Suruhime gets dragged in front of him, and he brandishes his like crazy yokai claws, and then he stabs her in the stomach. And she dies. Yeah, it's a fun little scene to get just tossed in the middle of this episode. And then the camera cuts back to color. And Daimyo is like, yes, bring her here right now. I'm going to kill. It's going to be great. Yeah. So we we don't see that, thankfully. We flip from there and we just see some Doros hanging out on the street. Like they're not doing anything. It looks as though they're guarding something, but they're not by anything. Yeah, they're not they're actively just... guarding anything. Or if they are, it's like they are guarding a secret door, but they're doing it in a very bad way by just standing next to it. In any case, they look over and they see a bunch of, not people wearing the kitsune masks, but just the kitsune masks themselves. People like holding them, sticking them around corners and like up from behind things. And they're yes. hearing, like, that yipping, like, fox bark. And they, because they are dumb Doradoras, are like, oh, I'm going to go check this out. You will never guess so, what they find there. It's it's Cocker Rangers. Yes, it is for Cocker Rangers. Yeah, so, and they, they punch a bunch of Doros, and that is it for those dudes. Right. And then so they run. And then the next thing we see is that Rangers running into the room where all the kidnapped kids are. They're like, hey, we're the Kaku Rangers. We're here to save you. And Sakuraku is like, wow, that's amazing. Like, super great. Don't get me wrong. How did you know where we were, though? And Sasuke says, oh, well, Tsuruhime lojacked you. Yeah, like there is a homing beacon in this hairband she gave you. So I appreciate there's a couple of great things about this. Because if you recall, the reason 
Surihime gave her this hairpiece, and she said, hairpiece, hair clip. And she said, oh, you're so brave. Like, I'm so impressed with you. That's so great. Here, take this present. And so I think Surihime looks at this little girl and says, no, this little girl is not going to stay out of trouble. Like, guaranteed, she is going to get up in the mix. Oh, definitely. 100%. (laughs) Right. So I am just going to deal with this problem sort of before it starts and make sure that I have a way to get in touch with you. Yeah. Um... So we go from there back to the evil house. Uh, it's I'm sorry, it's not the evil house. It's the it's the evil office building. It's, it's the evil office building. It's Kitsune's penthouse. We see Suruhime. She's tied up, and Kitsune just says, "So, do you like my fancy room?" You know, I've bought like, act- and then like, she says, like "People say to each other, right?" And she says, "I I bought this whole building, like I own the whole building, and the reason." is because Lord Daimo is going to win, and then we're going to have to be hosting yokai from, like, all over the world. Yeah, people are going to, like, come and, and so, visit. And so I need to buy this building and a bunch of other buildings to, like... This whole thing is a very complicated real estate scheme. Yeah. I love this, and I really love it for, like, the same reason that I loved last week's episode. Because at this point, the yokai are just assuming, like, well, yeah, sure... Like, Daimao's back. Like, the so, Kaka Rangers lost. Daimao's back. We haven't killed them yet, yeah, but Daimao has already won and will rule this world in, like, I don't know, a couple of weeks. So we need to just start preparing. We need to build amusement parks and buy office buildings. You know, the things that you right. plan to do right after world domination. Yeah, it's almost as though owning a bunch of hotels just does something to your brain sure you just get a bunch of money and you buy a bunch of really tall buildings maybe you slap your name on them i don't know right classic villain moves classic villain move so oh, and so as she is talking about her evil scheme surihime has like pulled her feet sort of like under her skirt cuz she's sort of like sitting on the ground so she's like sort of secretly working at her ropes and, like, getting herself untied. Right. And so she kind of, like, Kitsune is monologuing, effectively. And then finally, Tsurihime sort of, like, jumps up. And Kitsune's like, how did you get free? And she's like, I was free the whole time. I got kidnapped on purpose to discover your evil plan. Like, gotcha. And then Kitsune says, no, I'm the trickster. She's furious because she is the trickster spirit. Like, how dare you? This is my thing. Yeah. Uh, so the other rangers arrive, and they, like, burst through the door. And Kitsune grabs her crystal ball thing, and she throws it at Tsuruhime. And Tsuruhime catches it, and then just says, oh, no, it's a bomb, and throws it away from her. And then we pop to outside, and we see the entire building explode yes and i this this item pound for pound must be the most powerful thing in this entire series because it is the size of a basketball and it destroys a building right and then we just see we get a quick shot of the cock rangers just falling through the air and then they're on the ground and they're fine which I'm actually totally yeah. okay with because they're ninja, they're ninja. They and everybody knows. 
yeah, ninja can fall from any distance safely. That's totally, it's like a level 17 monk power or something. Like, they're fine. So, so they, they, start, yeah, says, they start to square off as though this is going to be like a regular punch fight. Yeah. And Kitsune just says, I will show you my true power. And she does like a flamethrower breath, which seems weird to start with, but whatever. Okay, real but quick. then I, okay, I hate to interrupt you, Dave. You know how I got that book from a friend of the show, Nick Douglas? Yeah. I looked at, I was reading about Kitsune after I finished this episode. And apparently, like a lot of Kitsune do this thing called Foxfire, where they like summon these sort of like will-o'-the-wisp things. And so I think oh, that this oh, sort so of like... Oh, so this is not a... Yeah, this is a very specific, like, they did this right. Like, here is a fox, she's breathing fire, and they're going into, like, this weird, like, world of illusion thing. Okay, well, that's actually, that makes me much more into it. I just assumed that she had, like, I mean, I got as far as, like, oh, she's a trickster spirit, she's got illusion powers, but I dig that it is specifically fire-oriented. That's a pretty neat yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So... What this is, is that it's, uh, they, their rangers are in darkness and they are sort of surrounded by fire and tails and tails. And the tails are sort of like whipping in from off screen to kind of like grab them and throw them around and kind of, you know, just sort of like mess with them. Yeah, like this, this scene is spooky enough, but if you imagine this is like something from like an anime this would be yeah. like a real spook fest. Yeah, like I, doing it live action kind of doesn't totally do it justice, uh, but it is a pretty neat scene. Oh, absolutely. Now, here is an amazing thing that just kind of gets glossed over. Like it happens and then it's done. And they don't really reference it again. But kitsune has what is it Sudahime and seikai i think like wrapped up in some tails and she pulls out just like a shotgun just like a big shotgun yeah and then she pulls two like tubes of lipstick off of what i at this point realize is like a bandolier of lipstick shotgun shells that are like are her Yep. belt and she loads these lipstick bullets into this gun and just shoots them with a gun it's very and she good. even says she says like i am going to take you out with a barrage of lipstick bullets i love it i just and and what i love about I sort it sort of love it is, okay i every week we watch this show and every week, I take detailed notes of, on the plot of this show. Like, scene for scene, moment by moment, I write down what happens in this show. I have been yes. doing it for, we must be at 150 episodes by now, right? If not yet, like, we're close, right? Uh, Yeah, we're getting close. So, you would imagine that me, just, like, through the act of copying down the plot onto paper of 150, approximately episodes of super sentai shows that i could without watching one just sort of put one together right like you would imagine that i bet i would have just like <laughs> absorbed some of it by osmosis but at no point if you had put a piece of paper and a pencil in front of me and say like ah what do you think you're gonna do with this kitsune 
deal. Like, at no point in my life would I have said, like, oh, obviously she has a shotgun and the bullets are lipstick. Like, why would you ever do anything else? That's the right call. I mean, it is the right call. But that's what I love Uh, about this show is that, like, it's still, I am unable to anticipate it. (laughs) There is something beautiful about just never really truly knowing what's coming around the bend. I feel like that's a big part of any sort of important, you know, love relationship. It's just keeping that, keeping a little bit of mystery. You gotta keep it, yeah, you gotta keep it fresh, man. And so, as she gets a couple of shots off, and then Tsurihime says... We have to break her yojutsu. Oh, yeah. Speaking of keeping it fresh, here's another, like, new slice for you. Yup. And then they all just throw their swords together, and they say, Kakuremaru beam! And, like, it glows blue, and a beam of blue light shoots out from their joined swords and just zaps Kitsune, and that breaks the spell. Yeah, and it's so amazing, because you have these two really cool moves you've never seen or guessed before right after the other and then you get this you get kakure ball there's no good way to introduce this to the conversation but that is what happens next i hate kakure angel ball i used to like it i used to like kakure ball i feel like at this point in the show it just feels so weird and like they should have gotten rid of it a long time ago yeah. Like, it's okay I think to it's, use Cocker Ranger really Ball in episode it, it, 15, right? Yeah, is that it keeps coming back. Like, they keep using this stupid thing. It's like their very first initial superpower. Like, I don't know why this dumb thing is still around. I think it's got to be, and I think we've referenced this before. It's got to be because Cocker Ranger Ball is like a callback to the very first season. And I don't even think that, like, Cocker Ranger was an anniversary season. But, this, like, this move is definitely something from, like, Go Ranger, except they used a soccer ball instead of a football. Which, if you're not oh, in America, okay. that sentence probably sounded weird. But, um, and so I think that they kept that around because it's, like, this series callback. But other than that, it's just, at this point, I, like, get rid of it. Please, there's only like 11 episodes of this show left. Like, please do not continue to put it in like the end game episodes. Yeah, that would be really nice if we didn't have to see this dumb thing anymore. So, but they do do they it and it hits. With... And like that drives Kitsune into going giant. Yeah. So then from there, you know how we were just talking about how like you can't always write this show? Sometimes you can write it without watching oh, yeah. because here's what happens Ninja Man appears. So she goes giant. Ninja Man appears. He fights her for like a hot second. She calls him a novice. He gets super angry. He turns into Samurai Man. It would be nice, just sidebar, it would be cool if Ninja Man had some actual ninja powers. Well, you know what's crazy? is like that The he... first time he transformed into Samurai Man, he said that Samurai Man was his true form. Yeah. So, like... Which, historically speaking, I think is semi-accurate. Well, yeah, okay. But... Now, what's... We do get Ninja Man doing ninja stuff when he's human-sized. If you remember him yeah, just, like, he does sneaking do around and like appearing Like, he can shrink and stuff, which is cool. 
But anyways, so he turns into Samurai Man, and then they summon the God Beasts, and they form Kakure Dai Shogun, and then they immediately join with Super Samaru and form Super Kakure Dai Shogun, and then Samurai Man does the Rage Bomber, and they do the Iron Flying Fist finish, and they kill Kitsune, and like, that's it. I did love her final words, though, which were, I wanted to live and deceive more humans. She just needs it, needs it so much. She knows what she's good at, and she knows what she loves. And I can respect that in an evil nine-tailed demon. I think you can respect it in anybody, to be honest. So we cut to, like, the end scene of the episode. They are back at the crepe trap. Uh, Children are all safe and now are being fed delicious crepes. Yeah. And hooray. And so as they are hanging out by the crepe trap, they just... All of a sudden, it starts raining, and they're like, oh, man, it's another sun shower. Like, another fox must be getting married. Crazy. And Seikai, despite having just defeated Kitsune, the nine-tailed fox demon, is like, oh, like, yeah, let's go check that out. I've always wanted to see a Kitsune wedding. That's going to be super cool. Well, because not all Kitsune are evil. Like, they're they're tricksy, but they're not always evil. So maybe he's like, we dealt with the bad one. And like, oh, when I was a kid, I always wanted to see this. And also, Seikai is kind of dumb. Right. And so they are about to kind of run and go sort of check this thing out. And they walk out and it's not actually, it's not actually that. It is just Jiraiya. And he is up on top of the crepe truck. And he has like a watering can. Yeah. And he's just like splashing (laughs) water. Which does not seem as though it should does not seem as though it should be able to produce enough water to convince anybody hey that's raining. Ninja magic. I know that producing water magically is uh, Saizo's thing, but, you know, they're cross-training a bit. So they all look up at Jiraiya, and he does, like, the like a dumb little version of the fox dance from earlier. And they all laugh, and that's the end of the episode. Yep, that's it. But it's not the end of our episode, Dave, because first, we need to decide... How the nine-tailed Kitsune fares in the Creature Royale. Hmm. Well, I gotta say, I dig her plan. Mm-hmm. I love anybody with a plan I that isn't just look. like kill the heroes. Yeah, absolutely. So I dig her plan. I dig her look with the exception of the fact that she doesn't have enough tails. That sort of bothers me. I, yeah, like the design's She's, good, the episode's good, her plot is good, she pulls it off well, she has an exploding crystal ball, which is very fun. She has a lip, yeah, she has you lipstick know, bullets, Dave. Yeah, I think really the only thing that I have against her is that she herself is not, like, she's not super, like, fascinating. You know what I mean? Like, she's not interesting and crazy in the same way that, like, God Noodle is. Yeah. Or Golly Sensei. Or the Hungry Wolf Demon. But, okay, Matt, I'm just going to throw it out. Is she cooler than the apartment building dimension? Yes, I think that she is cooler than the park- apartment building dimension. I okay, think well, she is cooler. Let's see, up the, I think she's cooler than Kabuki Boy. I think she's cooler than Dr. Yagami. Next up is Key Clown, and that's where we start to get into the territory where I'm not sure. Yeah, man. I dig her, but she is not a... 
She's not a bowler hat, rollerblade, doll. Doll animator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, she's not. She Yeah, she's no, she's no key clown, I'm afraid. Which I, I got to say, man, key clown, I am pretty astonished, is still at spot number 14 and is literally, I think, the second monster that ever we reviewed. Um... Is he that right? He's from like episode early two. On. I forget exactly. Like he was early enough in the series that like all of the Dire Rangers was, were still super irresponsible all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I would say, yeah, not as cool as the Key Clown, but cooler than Dr. Yagami? Man, I don't know. Dr. Yagami is pretty great. Okay, now that's a good point because the like, Nine-Tailed Kitsune... He's in a bunch of episodes... He's in a bunch of episodes. He's got like a real specific thing that he does. He's just like bolting drill arms onto other crazy monsters. Like this show would be better if Dr. Yagami were still around. Like instead of giantism, if what they did is like activate Yagami implants and like just like drills popped out or whatever, that would be cool and fun. Oh man, that would be cool and fun. Yeah, right? So I think not as cooler as Dr. Yagami Kabuki Boy, that's a tough one. Kabuki Boy's plan is so good. I know we keep coming back to it. But, like, the fact that he just possesses a whole... kidnaps a whole bunch of different fighters, including a crazy battle bot, and possesses them in sequence to fight the Rangers. It's a boss rush. It's a boss rush in an episode of Super Sentai, and it's very good. That's inspired, man. Okay, okay. I, you know, I think sometimes I forget how good Kabuki Boy is. Let's drop it right under Kabuki Boy, but above Apartment Building Dimension. I know you love Apartment Building Dimension, but if you really think about it, the Nine-Tailed Kitsune could totally destroy Apartment Building Dimension just by throwing her crystal ball at it. Done. No problem. So that drops her in the list at number... What's that? 17? 17. And that is going to do it for us, man. Yeah, that is going to do it for another episode of A View to a Kaku Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. You want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentaibros. If you like the show, and boy, I hope you do, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Please rate, review, and subscribe on there. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Uh, if you want to find any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can find them all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. Kaku! <laughs>